0: Hi, and welcome to Beauty Curious. My name is Dr. Elise Love, and I am a board-certified dermatologist.
1: And I'm Ian Michael Crum, a licensed esthetician.
0: Ian and I are excited to become your trusted beauty guides, from interviews with the best and brightest names in the industry to sharing our favorite expert-approved products.
1: We are here to help you navigate the noise by giving you the facts. Are you feeling beauty curious? Let's dive into today's episode. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to Beauty Curious. Today, we'll be discussing a topic that creates a lot of confusion with so many people, and that is sunscreen, one of my favorite topics. (laughs) (laughs) So what's the difference between the different types that are on the market? And we'll get into the controversies that surround sunscreen and hopefully help you better decide what is the best sunscreen for you.
0: Spoiler alert, the best sunscreen is the one that you use.
1: Okay, so before we get into the controversies of sunscreen, we need to get back to the basics and explain what are the different types of sunscreens. First, the active ingredient within a sunscreen is the sunscreen filter. So when we talk about what's the difference between sunscreens, we're really discussing what's the difference between those sunscreen filters.
0: Yes, and sunscreen filters can be divided into two broad categories. Physical sunscreen, which also is called mineral sunscreen, and chemical sunscreens. So traditionally, the difference between the two has been in how they work. So first, let's talk about physical sunscreen filters. These are going to be your zinc oxide and your titanium dioxide, and they traditionally work by sitting on top of the skin and physically blocking UV rays from penetrating the skin. This is why they're called physical sunscreens, and this is why they traditionally have this kind of thick, cosmetically unappealing texture to them. I like to think of physical sunscreens as a physical shield that protects your skin from UV rays from a distance. So if you're a Marvel fan like me, if you think about Captain America, when he holds his shield out, it's always distant from itself. I love that. Oh, thank you.
1: little movie reference. Yeah,
0: I love Marvel. (laughs) Um, In recent years, there has been a new technology called micronizing or nano-sized zinc oxide particles. So this has made physical sunscreens more elegant because it's essentially made the physical particles smaller. With making the physical particles smaller, it's also changed how physical sunscreens work a little. And so they kind of work a little like a physical sunscreen, a little like a chemical sunscreen. And so that gets us the chemical sunscreen filters, and that's going to include anything that's not zinc oxide or titanium dioxide. So your oxybenzone, your avobenzone, any other kind of O's kind of chemical sounding words are going to be chemical sunscreens. And chemical sunscreens actually are absorbed into the skin, and they absorb UV radiation themselves to protect the skin cells. So I like to think of chemical sunscreens as like a bulletproof vest. So it sticks really close to you, and it takes the hit for you so that your skin cells and your collagen are protected. Since they're smaller molecules, chemical sunscreens are much more cosmetically elegant than traditional mineral sunscreens. And so if you're thinking about anything that just blends into the skin, very seamless, like an unseen sunscreen, people of black girl sunscreen, these are all going to fall into that chemical sunscreen. And that's because it's hugging the skin cells so tight that you don't get that f- barrier.
1: I didn't want to interrupt you in your explanation, but when you said bulletproof, every time I hear that song, this time, baby, I'll be bulletproof. Maybe everyone should play that song
0: when they're putting their sunscreen
1: on. I know, like, sorry for anyone. Like, I will make your ears bleed. I have an awful singing voice, but it plays in my head now. But
0: Now I'm going to think about that every time I
1: put sunscreen on. (laughs) If it makes people put it on, then I, I hope they do that. Exactly. But, you know, I think... The other thing with sunscreens is they don't only have to contain a physical or a chemical filter, as you just mentioned, Dr. Love. A lot of new formulations are a blend of chemical and physical filters. Um, But now that we've kind of gone through the difference between the physical and chemical filters, let's discuss what are some of the controversies. There
0: are so many. There are a (laughs)
1: lot. Like. There's a lot of confusion. So, all right, Dr. Love, how about I'm going to read the controversy and then you let me know your medical take on it. And I'm sure I'll have little tidbits. A lot of
0: pressure here. Let's go.
1: Okay. (laughs) It's a quiz, guys. (laughs) Okay. So controversies in sunscreen. Controversy number one, there was an FDA study showing that chemical sunscreen filters are absorbed into the skin.
0: Yes, so there was an FDA pilot study. I believe it came out in 2019, but I might be wrong on that date. But essentially, for something to be a topical we and not be a medication, we kind of assume that there's very little absorption from the skin into the body. And so when the FDA did a study where they had people apply the correct amount of sunscreen, whether or not they were sun exposed or they then repeated it where they were sun exposed, they found that the levels were higher than what they expected. And so that kind of leaves us at a cliffhanger. That's all that we know is that if you're using a sunscreen, if you're reapplying several times a day, it's possible that you do absorb some of those chemicals into the skin. What we don't know is if that level is clinically significant, like does it matter. And what we do know is that sunscreen significantly, significantly decreases the incidence in skin cancer, especially for populations that are at high risk of skin cancer. And so this kind of comes down to a comfort level for the consumer. It's always hard as a physician when you can't say like, this is 100% what you should do. And so I think that if the unknown and the cliffhanger makes people uncomfortable right now, then what we recommend is sticking with physical only sunscreens. So these are going to be your zinc oxide and your titanium dioxide. Because this controversy is not surrounding them. And like we've said, there are a lot more elegant formulations that have come out where you can focus on this. If you're at high risk of skin cancer and you just absolutely will not use a mineral sunscreen, then we as physicians still think that the benefits of wearing a chemical sunscreen outweigh any potential negative health effects based off of the data that we have. And I will tell you that I still wear a chemical sunscreen just because in terms of applying to my body, it just makes the most sense for me. But yeah, it's one of those things where there definitely will be more data that's going to come out in the next two to five years. But that's one of the most frustrating things about science is that it works extremely slowly. So it is a little bit of wash and wait. But we do know that sunscreen is beneficial in protecting against skin cancer and also... 95% 95% of like the signs of aging. So if you're nervous about this, stick to a mineral sunscreen, but um, many germs are still recommending and using chemical sunscreens.
1: And absolutely, whenever any of that data comes out, we will make sure that we weave it Definitely. into one of our episodes. Yes. <laughs> will have a special episode. The, I mean, I personally use mineral and chemical or hybrid formulations. It just depends on the activity. And I know we're going to get a little bit into that later. So I'll, I'll save my comments for our favorite products. So controversy number two, oxybenzone has a potential effect on coral reefs. I know there's a lot of commentary around like sunscreen killing coral reefs.
0: Yes. Yeah, so this kind of became really, really big in the media when Australia banned the use of oxybenzone. And so essentially what we know is that coral reefs are bleaching. Like they are lighter. They are being damaged. And we as human beings are absolutely damaging them. Is it 100% from sunscreen? No. We know that climate change is very real. Overfishing is very real. Pollution is very real. So the interest in this kind of came about because we know that when we talk about coral reefs, they're a huge tourist site and tourists throw in a bunch of sunscreen, and then they go scuba diving. And there is a buildup of sunscreen chemicals around the coral reefs. And so there have been some lab studies that have looked at what happens to coral, coral, coral reefs, hard work, if they are exposed to specifically oxybenzone is one that a lot of studies have been done with. And in the studies, there has been a showing that it essentially causes the amoeba to create this toxic chemical that bleaches the coral reefs. The one thing is, this happens a lot in studies that are in a lab. The concentration of oxybenzone that's used in the lab, it's very different than the concentration of oxybenzone that actually exists in nature. And so we don't know if this is actually a true effect of the oxybenzone, We don't have a ton of sunscreen filters in the U.S., but we have enough that we definitely can say, okay, let's eliminate this ingredient and focus on other ones that don't have a potential negative effect on the environment. And so for now, I think we're seeing a lot of sunscreen companies essentially just eliminate this ingredient from their formulas. And we're not seeing big differences in like use of the formulas, what they feel like. And so I think, again, this is an area where there's going to be more data, but there's a really easy kind of intermediate step. And that's just companies are taking it because of the Australia ban. Companies are just taking it out of their formulas. So it's not something that you necessarily have to worry about if you're buying sunscreen in 2023. You shouldn't have sunscreen from like 2015 that you're still applying. But like definitely if you have sunscreen from 2015, one, it's not FDA approved anymore. And two, you can just go ahead and throw that away, especially if you're concerned about the environment.
1: I just do an overhaul every year on a sunscreen. I mean, I'm using it year round, but I think, I tell my clients, like, if it's leftover from last year, get fresh.
0: Yeah. So technically, a sunscreen should be good for three years from the date that you buy it. But three years does seem like a long time, especially if you've been opening the bottle. If you've had something that's unopened and it's from last year, that should be fine. But I would say if you have anything that's open that you've been actively using, then kind of just replace it exactly on a yearly basis. And summer is a great time to do that.
1: And if anyone is extra cautious, I know we mentioned oxybenzone being removed from most. You can you know, be conscious and read the labels and make sure you're wearing just a mineral sunscreen if you're being active with the water. And if you heard our last episode with Dr. Hale, we spoke a bit about UPF clothing, yes. ultraviolet protection factor clothing, which is a really great not substitute, but addition for being sun safe in the water. If you're swimming, you know, wearing a, a shirt that's sun protective that UPF way. UPF
0: clothing is actually ideal for sun protection when you're in the water. And that's because we know that the interaction of the water and the skin, the water essentially removes your sunscreen. And we also know that water causes, you basically get double the amount of UV. So if you can wear something that's physical, that's protecting you, that you don't have to reapply, you're actually much less likely to get a sunburn. And then we also talked in that episode about like some supplements that you can take to increase even the effects of your sun protective clothing and your SPF. So definitely check out that episode also.
1: Okay. So I'm going to move on to controversy number three because Elise and I will spiral down (laughs) in talking about UPF clothing. Okay. So controversy number three, Using sunscreen can cause a vitamin D deficiency.
0: Yeah, people talk about this a lot. And so in terms of vitamin D deficiency, there's two ways that we can get vitamin D. One is from the foods that we eat. And then two, it is true that sunlight does this magical reaction on our skin um, that can produce vitamin D. And we know that the lighter your skin type is, the better you are at that conversion. So if you have darker skin, then especially in the winter, you should be taking a vitamin D supplement. What we know is that people who have lighter skin are better at converting sunlight to vitamin D, but they're also at higher risk of skin cancer. And so with this, I think a really easy kind of in-between is the data really shows that 15 minutes of sun exposure is enough to kind of get that reaction working and make your sunlight-induced vitamin D. You also want to make sure that you just have a very rich diet that is vitamin D heavy, but also just, we talked about this last time, antioxidant heavy, like including lots of different fruits and vegetables and things of different color. And it's not a bad idea to have your vitamin D checked once a year. If you are deficient, it is the easiest thing there is to supplement. And so, I mean, I take vitamin D every day and it's the tiniest little tablet. And so, For most people to get normal vitamin D levels, you don't need more than 15 minutes of unexposed sun. You definitely don't need to be at the beach, like burning and getting super tan to get adequate amounts of vitamin D.
1: There was that one, not to like get in the weeds on this one, but there was that one TikTok video where...
0: (laughs) Oh God, it was on TikTok.
1: Or it was on Instagram too, but... Oh, um, then it's true. Yeah, there was a guy, I have no clue what his name was, but... A lot of derms were re stitching him and whatnot, or stitching his video. And he was like leaning back and uh-huh. like he was naked and spreading his legs. And it was like he was sunning his butthole. <laughs> and like the claims were like the skin there, like essentially it was like all wrapped around getting the maximum. <laughs> Energy and vitamin D um, <laughs> conversion. So, that I don't know if you saw that. But I, guess, I guess Dr. Love didn't see that one, but I'm it was pretty crazy. I am actively not
0: on skincare TikTok because it sounds like the most ridiculous place that exists, including that example. I would definitely not recommend tan, <laughs> but, trying to tan. I mean, your I'm not saying I recommend it either, but I, I, just, I thought I'd
1: have to bring it up.
0: Um, areas that are not exposed to the sun are also the most likely to burn. So, if you are kind of just like This area does not see a lot of sun. And if you're just spreading it wide, if you're prone to sunburns, that's definitely an area you're going to burn. And that's going to be a really painful sunburn. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: like That's going to be a few days of significant discomfort if you sunburn that area.
1: It was a very... Unfortunate trend to spot and see (laughs) circulating social media for a bit. But yeah, so now that we've discussed some controversies, I do want to just kind of note it's really important to say that sunscreen does significantly decrease the incidence of skin cancer, which I know we've mentioned, but I wanted to double down on that. So important. And then from the aesthetic side, 90 ish percent of skin aging. I know that-ish. I feel like there's a range. I always see like 80 to 90. 80 to 90, yeah. 80 to 90% of skin aging is caused from UV exposure. UV
0: exposure, yeah. That's going to be fine lines, wrinkles, yeah. pigmentation, red blotchiness, loss of collagen, dullness in the skin. It's a lot of effects. It's a lot of effects. So 80 to 90% due to... UV exposure.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I'm always telling my clients, they're like, what can I do for this, that, that? And if they're not using sun, I actually, I ask, this sounds sound so pretentious, but I ask clients if they use sunscreen and if they don't, like I won't actually onboard a new facial client yeah. until they commit to doing that. And I like, it's a waste of all of our time if no, it's, you're it's... not protecting yourself you know I can't help your fine lines wrinkles and pigmentation very much if you're That's not
0: smart I have people come in and they're like what procedures can I do for hyperpigmentation like what topicals can I pay for and I'm like if you're not using sunscreens, completely see complete waste of your money no. like it's I and I don't want to take it because then you're going to be upset with me because <laughs> your skin's not getting better I know
1: I'm like I can do this but <laughs> <laughs> exactly
0: um, no next, one remembers next, the but though like three months yeah, later <laughs> next
1: month like you're going to be like nothing happened I'm like yeah so Yeah, definitely
0: sunscreen is like the most important when we're talking about preventing aging and when we talk about treating hyperpigmentation and when we talk about preventing skin cancer. And I mean, I definitely will say that I see the difference. So I have my patient population, a lot of millennials, a lot of Gen Z, and then a lot of like Gen X. And is Boomer politically correct?
1: I don't know (laughs) if anything's politically correct anymore.
0: But I have a wide spectrum. So I have patients who they, you know, used to use tanning beds, even millennials, like a lot of millennials, if they're particularly from Ohio, use tanning beds when they were very young. And now they're super diligent with sunscreen. Whereas if you look at Gen Z, they have been wearing sunscreen very diligently for ever because their parents were very proactive about putting sunscreen on them and we talked in our last episode about the effects of like intense sun as a child and you can i can see the difference in their skin they're not getting as many sunspots they're not getting as many like atypical moles that need to be biopsied and so you see the difference very early and then it just compounds as you get older
1: It's definitely like more prevalent skincare companies now. So many of them are releasing their own sunscreen and it's very much a part of the messaging, which is great. And with that, I think there are so many options on the market. Um, Let's discuss how do you choose a sunscreen based off of your skin type and your activity type. Let's do it. Okay. So now we're moving on to choosing a sunscreen. (laughs) (laughs) sorry i trying to get into my podcast voice (laughs) Um, okay guys so the answer is quite simple the best sunscreen is the one that you will actually use and will help to try to guide you towards what will be best for you but it really just comes down to your own preference what type of filter you want whether you want the physical or the chemical filter and then what's your day look like are you on the beach surfing are you inside most of the day there's a lot of factors that come at play and I like to say I have a sunscreen wardrobe and I suggest everyone else has one you know yeah. it's not like you need one like I have ones I use for my body ones for my face like ones to reapply there's
0: you guys Ian I, loves sunscreen I'm like I don't you, think sunscreen anyone is so much loves fun. sunscreen as much as Ian does I you definitely I should take his recommendations I can't
1: take that title but I appreciate <laughs> the offer of the title so okay so let's dive into sensitive skin okay so, People, if you have sensitive skin, it's really good to stick with the mineral-based sunscreens. Would you yeah, agree, Dr. Love? I agree. So chemical-based ones can tend to be irritating for sensitive skin types, and it's better to stick with the mineral-based sunscreens that are specifically labeled for sensitive skin. So I would say L2MD is—I well, I always talk about l <laughs> So md um, I love L2MD. I, I, mean, th-
0: yeah. I do
1: work with them from time to time, disclosure, but— Yeah, I mean, like, they have so many great options. What's your favorite LTMD sunscreen for sensitive skin? All of them? (laughs) I'm trying to answer for her.
0: They're they're all great. I would say probably UV sheer, just because that's, like, a really lightweight mineral sunscreen. You have have it in your bag, I don't don't want to dig in my
1: bag and make noise for the podcast, but it is in my bag. (laughs) I almost (laughs) almost ripped it out to show her.
0: (laughs) Another physical sunscreen that I like is um, by Isden. It's a little bit higher of a price point, but it's very elegant and it's great for people who also have sun damage. It has this like special DNA repair zone that, the, like,
1: oh, I can never say the name. It's like, um, ir- I know,
0: I can't say it either. I, I think just, I, re- I just tell patients the Isden sunscreen.
1: It's Erythra Ira- Fontana Ira- Fetini- <laughs> Fetin- oh, yeah. To, it's like, yeah, it's it's a long name, but. It's a good one. Yeah. I like that one too. I
0: like the non tented for lighter skin tones and the tinted for we'll link darker
1: skin tones. A, um shelf to all the products we Definitely. mentioned. So if you can't write that one down, <laughs> it's it's <laughs> hard to we say. Can't say it. Yeah, we can't I can't say a lot of words, so <laughs> it doesn't shock me. Okay. Right, so if you have oily skin, sticking with da 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 oil free sunscreens is really good for you. Yet again, MD, that's a good one. Yeah. UV clear. I use that. I actually almost had that one in my bag as well today. I was kind of just like <laughs> running, grabbing, oh, I might need this one. Super goop unseen is really popular. I know yeah. you love supergoop quite a bit. I do. I do as well, but like I I'm love- the Elta stand, and I doctor loves like super stan. yeah. yeah those are really popular for someone who's dealing with oily skin.
0: I would say that those are probably the two most popular sunscreens within my practice. They're oil free and they're both SPF at least forty. The Ulta is forty six. The Super, the Unseen's um, forty. The Unseen does have a very specific texture, so I feel like people either love it or hate it. I actually didn't like it when I first used it, but lately I've been kind of drawn to that one. It's more like a primer.
1: It's super popular. I think it's like almost too matte for me. I like what yeah. my skin like looks like shiny and so that's and why I think it's shiny. good for
0: oily I think oily yeah. skin likes it because it yeah. gives you kind of like well, my skin's really decreases dry, the oiliness so. and then Elta is more kind of like just lightweight absorbs in like you just completely forget that it's there I will and I really hope I don't get cancelled for this so I Bro, will lost li- our
1: second episode don't get it <laughs> cancelled <laughs> Don't say it. <laughs> I, <laughs> oh my God, I'm going to give
0: it to myself. <laughs>
1: I mean, say it, but I don't, I, please don't cancel this. <laughs> like, it's so embarrassing. I
0: do have a lot of patients who come in using black girl sunscreen. And I do find that that is on the oilier side. So some people will use it. That's instead why of using I liked
1: a, it. I bought it because, you know, I test all the sunscreens yeah, I know that and I have dry it. skin. So. Exactly.
0: So it's great for people with dry skin. Okay. Not a great option necessarily for people with oily skin. Some patients just like really love it. So they'll use it instead of a moisturizer. But that is one of those things where if you're noticing your skin's like super congested, it might not be the best sunscreen for you.
1: All right, Dr. Love, what do you like for people dealing with melasma? I feel like I see multiple people that have melasma yeah. and it's, I mean, that is... Such a battle if you have melasma. So what are your favorites?
0: So melasma is so frustrating. Pigmentation in general, but specifically melasma. And it loves the flare like right around the springtime. So right around now. Um, I definitely recommend SPF 50. And preference is for a tinted mineral sunscreen. The difficulty with this is that a lot of tinted mineral sunscreens aren't necessarily designed for darker skin types, which are the skin types that tend to get melasma. But I will say the Isden Fontana ageless which is the tented option basically they make two sunscreens one comes in an orange bottle or an orange label one comes in a gray label it's the gray label it's probably one of my favorite sunscreens period and it kind of checks off all the boxes for this for like tinted mineral sunscreen that looks elegant on almost all skin types
1: have you tried the wander beauty primer I forget no. the name of it but it's like a universal tint it's like Kind of like almost peachy. Is it mineral? It is. Oh, Yeah, it is. Okay, um, so that might be worth It's eye. mineral, but it has a tint. I really like that one. I should know the name, but I'm blanking right now. Yeah. But we'll put it in the shelf. And I'm also curious, like, is Isden going to like contact us and say, this is how you say that word? Because <laughs> you just tried saying it again. Um, but the tinted version, and I was like, I don't think that's how you say it. <laughs> but anyway.
0: I literally tell my patients, I'm like, Isden. They only have two sunscreens. Okay. Well, gray means- or orange.
1: Okay, so what about people with mature skin?
0: Yeah, so with mature skin, I mean, or like, this is just going signif- to coming Significant sun, sun damage. damage. Yeah, again, I love the ISIN sunscreen. And so the reason for this is because in addition to having the SPF 50 and the mineral blockage, it has this like patented DNA repair zone. And so there's actually been studies with the sunscreen where they've shown that it's actually been able to reverse some early precancers, And so, yeah. So, so cool. it's a great, great... It's a higher price point, but that's kind of the reason. It also has a lot of antioxidants. So it's a great go-to if you're actively working on some sun damage and also trying to prevent additional sun damage.
1: I get a lot of comments about people being like, but this has a white cast or this isn't blending into my skin. Or, I feel like during the
0: pandemic, people were calling out brands so like, aggressively.
1: Yeah. So, you know, and that's why there are so many on the market. And yeah. at the end of the day, like every product's not going to work for every person. And that's why a bunch of products exist. Yeah. So what do you say to people if they are having trouble finding a sunscreen that isn't blending in or like they feel like they're getting a bit of a white cast? What's your go-to answer?
0: Yeah, well, I am a super group sand but I would say unseen sunscreen and every single face. I love Like, every single face, just, like, the title of it is just, like, such a great idea. But those would be the two that I tend to recommend to people because they're both extremely lightweight. Every single face is more of a lotion sunscreen, whereas Unseen Sunscreen, like we talked about, is more of a primer, like, better for oily skin. And then just while we're on the topic of Seamless, I love... Super good play. I think that like It's a great one. Yeah. For body, I think that you want to use a sunscreen that essentially you apply like a lotion. And so I think it's like pretty hydrating. You can apply. I tell people apply it before you get dressed so that you don't have any skip areas. Technically you can use it on the face. So you can just use it's great for reapplication also. But a lot of people prefer the more kind of like elegant, specifically designed for the faces. Yeah, Let's play, like
1: play oh sorry. No, tell me is really good for the body. We're going to ask what's my favorite yeah. for body? I mean, I sound, <laughs> you sound like a broken record. Right? I sound like a broken record. record. Uh, not for like day-to-day, yeah. but I use UV Sport from Elta MD. Oh, yeah. It's quite thick. Yeah. Um, so like, if you're doing something sporty yeah. outside for a long period of time, I will use UV Shear for body. Um, but I like multiple from La Roche-Posay. They have the Anthelios oh, Milk yeah. Collection. I do
0: love the Milk Collection. The yeah. SPS 70.
1: Yeah, yeah, that That one's really really good. good. Yeah, I like that a lot for body. It's one of my faves.
0: I agree with that. And I do love spray sunscreens for reapplication when you're outside. It's just important with spray sunscreens that you apply into the hand. I like to apply to the hand so that you can actually physically see the sunscreen and then apply it. And some of them are just super weak. So if you're applying it to your hand and you can barely see anything, that's not a great option. You really should see Oh, and I really like Neutrogena Hydro Boost for body.
1: Oh, I haven't tried that one, actually.
0: Yeah, it's really great. Um, Now, I bring so many products with me. I check a bag. But before, when I didn't check bags, I would just... It's so easy to find. It's like always at CVS. And it just like also just goes into the body like super lightweight.
1: That's like impossible. I don't know if I can go anywhere without checking a bag. There's too many beauty products sunscreen. It's really bad. So now we have to
0: get to the airport like an hour and a half early. That's just a hard
1: question. I can't (laughs) I can't travel without checking a bag, sorry.
0: For me it's the hair products. I can't trust that they'll have my hair products. So like I have to take them with
1: me. Yeah. All right. So hopefully that helped give a little clarity for everyone in terms of what sunscreen type of sunscreen is great for your skin type and activity level. And as always, if you guys have any questions, write in DM us all the things we are happy to always talk about sunscreen. Um, At least I am. (laughs) Um, So let's get into how do you, how's it best to apply sunscreen, Elise? Like what do you recommend to your your clients or patients?
0: Yeah, so that's like the biggest question where I saw a patient yesterday. She was like, I'm using SPF 60. I'm like, oh, okay. Like how much are you using? She's like, you know, just like a tiny, I like spread it really thin because it's too thick. And so that again gets back to the best sunscreen is the one that you'll use, but the one that you'll use the correct amount of. And so kind of the recommendation is a quarter quarter size amount for the face and the neck. I like that it's becoming more popular, this like finger rule. I stuff. was just going
1: to say that. Yeah,
0: I yeah. love the finger roll So if you put your sunscreen along your like first three fingers, then that should be enough for your face and your neck. And my patient was shocked when she like looked at her fingers. <laughs> she was like, oh no. <laughs> oh,
1: like I'm not using enough.
0: Yeah, she's using like that much a of a finger, size. yeah, oh exactly. Ooh. So yeah, so a quarter size or three fingers worth for the face and the neck, and then a shot glass amount for the body.
1: I have, I mean I know that's what everyone says. I okay. feel like I use more than a shot glass. I, know. I feel like your whole oh, your whole body is a lot of real estate. I, I use agree. like a shot glass and a half.
0: I so that's why I like to use the a jumbo shot glass. Something where you're you're like using it like a lotion because yeah. you're actually gonna like apply enough of it. Yeah, and then I'm not gonna say the word super again, but I have <laughs> I have the pump which I love for body.
1: Oh, the jumbo ones. Of yeah, those. yeah, because you
0: really get enough of the product. The like, play
1: comes in that right? exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Those are those are really good. The the body size. Yeah ones because i i think we said this in the last episode maybe or maybe i'm making this up about rationing or like saving the product am i just envisioning this yeah
0: i think you oh maybe a client had was, that conversation with i must have
1: yeah <laughs> or a client was saying it but i i think that's something that happens it's like oh someone's like saving the product yeah. for you know they want to like savor it I yeah. think that's like a good comment with sunscreens you know like you are supposed to use it every day mm-hmm all over any exposed skin. And
0: generously. um,
1: And generously. So, you know, don't go for a sunscreen that's like $80 and you're not going to use it. Like, do something you can afford and afford to use like every day all over agree um, that's a good call
0: and then not just every day all over but reapply every two hours so a lot of people have questions about this like oh like if i'm applying sunscreen and then i'm going to work for the like the day do i need to reapply so is this essentially i tell people about two hours of consistent sun exposure so probably your morning spf will take you through the day if really it's just like you're commuting to work and then you're going out, you're in an office that isn't surrounded by windows and then you have a quick lunch break or something of that nature. But if you're going to be, I mean, in New York, we spend a lot more time outdoors than we realize. I think it takes me three minutes outdoors before I get to work. And so, If you're in the sun for more than two hours at a time, or if you add it all up, if you've been in the sun for about two hours, you do want to reapply. And that's because when we go back to when we talked about the sunscreen filters and how they work, the sun actually breaks them down. So it's not just a random number. There's actually been studies that have looked at if you apply this thing to your skin and you put sun on it, like how long does it actually last before you've kind of broken down all of the active filters in the sunscreen?
1: That's a good call out too. I think we mentioned this in the last episode or maybe I'm going to think we always have mentioned things. (laughs) I'll just always say that, but the rating on sunscreen labels is calculated from studies where the product is applied in clinical studies every two hours. And that's where, you know, SPF 30, 40, 50 comes from, is from those studies where it is being applied that much. So if you're not reapplying it, then it's not actually SPF 50.
0: Yeah, I think you had a dream conversation because we did not talk about that either. See,
1: this is like I think I like have just been dreaming that this episode would come out, but I've like <laughs> manufactured like hours of conversation in my head.
0: What's your favorite sunscreen for reapplication?
1: Ooh. I mean, I don't so okay, with me, like I will wear makeup sometimes, but yeah. I don't wear it every day. Mm-hmm. So Normally I will use like a UV shear or just like,
0: reapply what you use. Yeah,
1: or like lately I've been using the Beat the Sun by Crave Beauty as yeah. well. I like that one a lot. It's a really great price point. So yeah, I just make sure I like wash my hands and then make sure my hands are clean before I'm touching my face. But I will just reapply with what I put on in the morning. And then I think the mineral sticks are really good. So this yep. I know we for sure talked about because <laughs> Dr. Hale call, mentioned the the color science um,
0: powder powder
1: stick. Thank yes. you. Yeah. So those are really good. I, I like those. But I mean, normally I, I actually just use what I used in the morning.
0: Yeah. So I like either using what you've already used. That's like gold standard. But a lot of times people do have makeup on. I like the powder over the spray, but they're like the refresher sprays just because I find the refresher sprays are kind of like a little traumatic and you mm. like want to jump away from them.
1: Yeah. It um, makes your face feel wet or yeah. like you're like setting your makeup or something. But if
0: you have dry skin, they can be really refreshing. And then for oily skin, um, the powders are really great because you're also going to control some oil, like touch up your makeup.
1: I have seen a few new sprays hit the market like just the last month. I haven't tried them, so they're in my like lineup of I need to try, but we can come back We'll but, give you guys it, updates on yeah, that. Yeah, updates on we'll the give sprays. You maybe
0: like an Insta like test out about Ooh, all the sprays. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. And then the last thing with applying sunscreen is water. We talked about it a little bit. Water is essentially Physically removes your sunscreen kind of in the same way if you were taking a shower. So whenever you get out of the water, you do need to reapply sunscreen. It can be really frustrating if you're at the beach and you're going in and out of the water. But that's where UPF clothing can be really helpful. Or just kind of suck it up, use a spray sunscreen and super fast, um, and use something fairly cheap. I love the Neutrogena Hydro Boost so that you're not feeling like you're just like throwing your money away.
1: One of the things I always do, and I'm, I mean, obviously, like very conscious of being sun safe is if I am out in the sun at like a a vacation, on top of everything you just said, like every hour I make a conscious like effort in my brain. You know how people will say, oh, every hour you're supposed to walk for five minutes? Like every hour if I'm out, like I will go inside and like get a water or like use the restroom or whatever I do. And then I'll like, let my body just like physically cool down not that that's going to change the sun exposure that happened but I think what happens a lot of times with people that you know are out having fun you know we're saying to use sunscreen so you can go enjoy the day not like be afraid of being outside yes but you know people that are are super active or are kind of like in the moment of being on vacation or, or doing whatever that activity is, it's really easy to forget to reapply or forget one of these steps. And then you kind of go about and you're not, you're not paying attention to your skin. And then that's when people get burnt. Cause it's like, you know, if someone noticed that they were like, so inflamed, I doubt they would just... Purposefully stay outside, but I don't know. Maybe they would. <laughs> you're like, maybe. I guess I know. I guess you're right. Some people are like, I need my base tan. I want like a burn, but yeah. Um, I don't know. I, that's what I do. I like to just go inside and have a few minutes to physically cool my body, and like I do like a little spot check. I'm like, okay, do I look red anywhere? Um, oh
0: yeah, that is a really good point because often people. will It's just one area. Most people are, like, pretty responsible for sunscreen, but maybe they skipped an area on their back of their neck or on your face. And one of the realities is it's hard to tell that your skin is warm if you're, like, still in the sun. So if you go inside and you cool down, you can be like, oh, I feel a little warm on the back of my neck or, oh, I feel a little warm on my nose. And that's kind of like a good reminder to you that, oh, I need to, like, reapply sunscreen to this area or I need to reapply sunscreen in general. So that's, like, a great call out and a great habit
1: thank you yeah.
0: <laughs> meanwhile i like have like a uh, umbrella and a
1: oh so do like, i uh, normally I'm, you know i'm always yeah i'm just saying you know no yes for people that for practical uh, people for practi- normal people you know people that aren't as you know in- intense with yeah. the sun safety as we are um okay so today's episode was really fun you know this is one of my favorite topics yes. i'm so glad we're kicking off our new podcast with the one this is one of the first episodes but i'd love to summarize like all the controversies and, and things what were your what were your favorite moments from from today's conversation dr love
0: yeah i would say just like in summarizing the controversies i think that there are a lot of questions that have been created about sunscreen but i think it's important to understand that a question being raised is not the same thing as like a negative effect being discovered. And I think that we should always be asking questions. That's like our role as human beings on this earth. We should always be kind of saying like, how can we do things better? But we don't want to go from one extreme to the other. And so I think that there are very practical ways that you can get sun so that you feel like you're getting vitamin D, 15 minutes is all you need. If you're concerned about the environment, avoid sunscreens that have oxybenzone. And then if you're kind of concerned about some of the pending data from the FDA about chemical sunscreens, then sticking with mineral sunscreens. And the great thing that we learned also is that there are just so many formulas that are designed for sensitive skin, designed for oily skin, designed for pigment and mature skin. And so The best sunscreen is the one that you use. And I tell people this all the time. It will take a little bit of trial and error. Hopefully, we kind of helped guide you to some options that are going to be really great for you. But really, just try them out. If you like it, you love it. Um, And if you don't like it, we'll just move on to the next thing.
1: Yeah, I think that's a a good point for any skincare. It's, you know, like everyone's skin is different and everyone's preferences are different. So a lot of people will sometimes like, Give up after like trying one or two things. Sometimes it takes multiple, multiple tries until you find that product. Um, so keep going if you haven't found it yet. Um, and then make sure you're reapplying every two hours, especially if you're in the sun or swimming, sweating. Um, use at least two finger lengths just for your face, three finger lengths of sunscreen for your face and neck, and I say a shot glass and a half for your body. <laughs> and
0: Always do more.
1: Yeah, yeah. More (laughs) is more when we're talking about (laughs) sunscreen. And then make sure to ask us any questions. We are here to answer them. I really love today's conversation. Thank you, Dr. Love. And we'd love to see what you're wearing. So be sure to tag us at Beauty Curious Pod, P-O-D, on social so we can repost and give our comments on what your favorite sunscreens are.
0: All right, now go have fun. It's beautiful, out.
1: Yes. Bye, guys. (laughs)
0: thank you for spending time with us today please leave us a review if this topic helped you feel smarter calmer and more confident about your beauty decisions you can engage with us more personally on instagram
1: see you next episode